Well, last week when we were having the service out in the grove, I don't know if we'll be in the grove today or not, depending on the rain, but last Sunday at the end, Chuck Goldnick said, well, he said, um, if you're preaching next Sunday, he said, you might be the first to use a walker in preaching. He said, we've had preachers stand in the lectern, preaching the lectern, the pulpit, and sat in a chair. Remember Pastor Harry? He sat in a chair a couple of times when he was one of his last sermons. And, um, well, I got a, my friend the walker up here. Hopefully in a few weeks, um, we'll be switched. I'm working on a cane. They're working on the cane now in, uh, in therapy. So, but the brace, hopefully it can come off in a few more weeks. Been a long, long, tedious time, but the Lord has seen us through. And so we take one day at a time. And Maxine and I appreciate all your prayers and all your uh, cards and different things and your concern. We appreciate it. You're a blessing to us. Thank you for being a blessing to us. So as we look at today, the picture on the front cover illustrates the storm, Peter sinking, Jesus reaching out to him, the disciples in the boat. And there's a lot of things you can use. You've probably heard many sermons on this text. I've preached a number of sermons down through the years and different emphasis all the time. Today I'm going to center on the very last part of the text when it says, And when they got into the boat, the wind ceased, and those in the boat worshipped him, saying, Truly, you are the Son of God. Now you believe that, right? You believe Jesus is the Son of God? Really? In the creed, you just said a little while ago, And in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who is conceived by the Holy Spirit, and in, you said, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord. God's only Son, our Lord. Not everybody believes that. Sometimes people believe it and then they turn away from it. To help illustrate um, this text, I'm going to share with you two people. Two people that are, I'm acquainted with over the years. One of them I introduced to you during Lent. If you were coming to the Wednesday Lenten services, I told you about Bob. Bob grew up in Hamilton in the church where I uh, was pastor. And I did his wedding. He married a girl from the church. And I told you that Bob became an atheist. He professes to not believe anymore. He does not believe that Jesus is the Son of God. Even though at one time in his confirmation he said, I'll remain faithful unto death. But he is not. And on his post, he writes negative things about the Bible being a fairy book and fairy tales. And God is, there's no God. He claims to be an atheist. But he grew up in the church. In Grace Lutheran Church. Another person that grew up there, his name is uh, Stacy, whom I'm friends with on Facebook also. Stacy just celebrated her 45th birthday. And in her post, she said, I really have a lot to be thankful for. God has been good to me. And she's a believer. And she's active in an LCMS church in California. But Stacy, in her young age at 45, has been through two marriages. First marriage entered in divorce. Second marriage, her husband got a, a severe case of cancer, a very fast-growing cancer a few months ago and died quickly. Her mother died a month before. But she still says, God is good to me. She's an active church member. 
Why the difference in these two people? Both grew up in the same church. I was their pastor. One believes, one doesn't anymore. Why? What happens that some people would walk away from Jesus? Let me ask you, could Bob become a believer again? Yes. That's my prayer. I pray that he and his wife will return to Jesus. I pray for them every day. He doesn't know that yet, but I try to encourage him in certain times on some of his posts by making some comments or sharing some things, but um, so far it's been all negative. But let me ask you, could Stacy become an unbeliever? Yes, she could. You see, she's only 45 and she's been through two husbands. She probably will marry again. Will she marry a believer? Maybe marry an unbeliever and become an unbeliever. I don't know. Both need our prayers. I pray for both of them. As Stacy remains faithful to her conviction that Jesus is the Son of God, Savior, Redeemer. And I pray that Bob will return to his faith in Jesus Christ. Now, there was an interesting post that Bob put up a while back that struck me because I never heard of it. Have you ever heard of Christian ghosting? As a ghost, G-H-O-S-T-I-N-G. Christian ghosting, you heard of it? Well, it's interesting. Christian ghosting refers, there's a, there was a full uh, article on it. It's about people deserting fellow Christians and walking away from them when they don't agree with them. And Bob said, in one of his posts, you know, he said, I went to Bible, class, or Bible studies. I was a believer. But then when I started asking questions and concerns about what I believed in the Bible, the Bible class didn't want to hear it. And they disappeared. And one of my best friends hurt me terribly because he wouldn't have anything to do with me anymore because of my questioning. He ghosted me. He walked away. He's no longer present in my life. And I was hurt, he said. But then he says, I found comfort and solace among some atheists and who befriended me. And he said, then I realized, you know, Christianity is a hoax. And I don't believe it. And so now he claims to be an atheist. No God, no salvation. Jesus is not the Son of God in his mind. If both of these people stay on the same course, I will not see Bob in heaven. He'll be in hell. And Stacy will be in heaven. Perhaps you know people like Bob or Stacy. Perhaps you've experienced some of this yourself, maybe. Or you know somebody who's walked away. It's sad. It's hard to understand. But maybe we can learn something from the gospel lesson today because I think there's something important related to this whole thing is the disciples in the boat. What happened that day is a storm came up. Jesus had been out praying and he came walking on the water. You know the story. 
Peter got so excited, it's Jesus. First they thought it was a ghost. Then Peter got excited and he says, Lord, can I come to you? And Jesus said, yeah, sure, come on, Peter. Peter stepped out of the boat and here he was walking on the water until he looked down at the waves, took his eyes off Jesus, and what happened? He started sinking in those waves. He cried out, though, Lord, save me. And Jesus reached out his hand and pulled him up and saved him. The disciples in the boat worshipped him when they got on the boat. And he said, they said, truly, you are the son of God. Now, Bob doesn't believe that anymore. I hope you believe it. And I hope you'll never turn away from that confession. But you could. I could, too. I could turn away from it. You could. People you love could. You know, it's interesting. Our mission statement says it well on the front cover of the bulletin, doesn't it? Declaring and teaching Jesus is Lord. That's who we are at St. Paul. Our school teaches it. Our church declares it. Jesus is Lord. He is God. He's the Savior, the Redeemer. That's our mission statement. That's what we believe, people, right? We believe that Jesus is Lord. Are you in awe about that? Or is it simply just boring and a yawn here and a yawn there? So what? Does it make any difference that you confess Jesus as Lord? That he's the son of God? If it does make a difference, what do we do in the presence of God? We do what the disciples did. What did they do? They worshipped him right there in the boat. Man, they were full of awe and worship and they just worshipped him. He's God. You're the son of God. (coughs) They confessed it. God came in the flesh and his son Jesus to save us, to redeem us, to pay for our sins on the cross, to forgive us so that you and I can spend eternity in heaven with him. But we have to be able to confess Jesus Christ is the Son of God through faith that we have that God gives to us. God came in Jesus to redeem us. And Jesus shows his love to the disciples out there in that storm that day. So what do we do when we come into the presence of God? We worship him, right? That's what we're doing today. Our songs and our hymns and the scripture readings that we heard read to us and our praise and our prayers and in the message today, we worship God in awe. He's the son of God. God is here today. He was there with the disciples out there in the Sea of Galilee that time, but he's here. He comes to us in worship. He comes to us in our daily lives But sometimes our eyes have difficulty focusing on Jesus, just like Peter. We take our eyes off Jesus, and what happens? We sink in the waves and storms of life. But Jesus would challenge us, too, to step out of the boat. But even if we do sink and take our eyes off Jesus, remember what Peter did. He cried out, didn't he? Lord, save me. I hope someday Bob is going to cry out that, his wife, Bev. Lord, save me. Come back to the faith. 
like Peter did. I invite you to step out of the boat, take a risk, be different. Okay, you can be cozy in the boat, right? The other disciples didn't want to, uh, they, that's amazing, Peter's walking on water, but they didn't notice, they didn't hop out, did they? They stayed in the boat, but the boat was kind of rough. It was the sea, the seas, the waves are wrapping up against the boat. Sometimes it's cozy in the boat, sometimes it isn't. Because there's waves out there. You and I experience them from time to time, don't we? Yeah, look at this week. The news, terrible, isn't it? Turbulence in the world. Is North Korea going to bomb Guam? Will there be war? What will happen when these people shout and yell back and forth at each other? Will somebody push the button and the missiles will come? Or we'll fire ours? What's going to happen? Worried about it? There's turbulence out there. What about in Virginia yesterday? How horrible, such hate. Sean, do we have such hate in our country? Young people. On goes the list. On go the things that are out there that we have to live in. The waves are lapping up against us, aren't they, sometimes? But we're called to step out of the boat and we're called to confess that Jesus is Lord. We know what happened when Peter took his eyes off Jesus. He sank. But when he cried out, notice Jesus pulled him up. Now, it doesn't say this in the text, but Peter had gone out a ways from the boat. The boat's not near them, so when he pulled him back up again, that means Peter and Jesus had to walk together on the water again back to the boat. So Jesus pulled him up, they walked back together, and then it says they got in the boat. And when they got in the boat, the text says they worshipped him. They believed that they were in the presence of God. And we are in the presence of God today. And therefore we worship him. In our songs and hymns and prayers, we worship. Worship is holy and awe-inspiring. We are here today to worship God. That's why you came today, right? To worship God, the Son of God, Jesus Christ. We're in his presence. We're not here to talk about God. We're here to experience God. We're here to experience him and worship him and come to him and then take him out into the world. We are to be God out there in the world, taking him, talking for God in the world, his presence, Christ in us. We're little Christ, as Luther said. We celebrate the 500th anniversary of the Reformation. We're mindful of all those wonderful things that we have to learn from the Reformation about Luther reminded us that we are little Christ in the world. But do we fail others and not take God out to them? Yeah, we do sometimes, don't we? Are we ghost people? Do we ghost people? Have you ever ghosted somebody? Walked away from them because you didn't want to deal with them? I probably have ghosted people in my life. It's easy to do that. And I thought that was funny, or not funny, strange that people would say, Christian ghosting, people walking away. Maybe Bob wouldn't have walked away from Jesus if his friend wouldn't have ghosted him and left him stranded out there and wouldn't deal with his questions when he started talking about evolution and started talking about science and started talking about the scientists who didn't believe in God. So let me ask a question. How are you going to keep your eyes on Jesus this week? 
How do you do that? Anybody got suggestions? How do you keep your eyes on Jesus? Hmm? Pray? Definitely. We need to be in, in prayer, don't we? Keeping our eyes on Jesus. What else can you do? Pardon? Read the word, yes. Get the word out. Read the Bible. Read about God's love. Not read just about him, but read his word directed to us. Read the Bible, pray, show love to others, witness to others about Jesus and his love, worship him. You don't have to come to church just to worship. You worship him in your devotions and praise. Live in Christ's love this week and every week. Keep your eyes on Jesus. Get out of the boat. That's what Jesus would invite us to do. Notice when Peter said, Lord, can I, let me come to you. Jesus didn't say, no, no, Peter, stay in the boat. It's, 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 the waves are out here too heavy for you. He said, come on, Peter. And Peter jumped out of the boat, and there he went, walking in the water until he took his eyes off Jesus. And then, but then he cried out, Lord, save me. If you feel like you're sinking, cry out, Lord, save me. So let me ask you one more question. What about Bob and Stacy? What should I do? I used to be their pastor. Well, not now, but Stacy does go to a member of a church and not active in a church. Bob, of course not. Two people that at least I'm on Facebook with and can converse with them that way. I decided they're a challenge that God has given to me. God works in marvelous ways. And Bob and Bev were members, grew up in our church, confirmed in our church and married. And then celebrated their wedding on a 42nd wedding anniversary. They've been, but they've turned away, become unbelievers. My responsibility is not to ghost them not to walk away from them, but to be there for them, to pray for them, to witness to them, to encourage them. But it's also my responsibility for Stacy to pray for her, to pray that she marries again, she'll marry a Christian or the person she marries will become a Christian, that she'll remain faithful and not become an unbeliever, and to witness to her and encourage her. And you do the same for people out there that you know. Don't ghost anybody. Befriend them. Don't walk away from them. Share the, God's love with them. Witness to them. Encourage them. Pray for them. The ultimate goal goes to that last part of the gospel lesson. When they got into the boat, they, that's Peter and Jesus, the wind, the wind ceased, and those in the boat worshipped him, saying, truly, you are the Son of God. That's what you believe, right? That's why you came here today. You believe that Jesus is the Son of God. Which means that you believe that he is the Redeemer and the Lord, that he went to the cross and died for you and forgives you all your sins and gives you the assurance that you'll live for him, with him forever in heaven. 
Yeah. That's great news, isn't it? So we worship this God. What a God to worship. He saved us. He redeemed us. And just as Peter called out, Lord, save me, Jesus did, he will save you. Or anyone that you can lead to, to talk about Jesus and they cry out, Lord, save me, he's here to save. Jesus loves you. He loves Stacy. He loves Bob. He wants Bob in heaven and Bev and Stacy, you, me. We can all celebrate together and truly worship like we've never worshiped before with the angels in heaven when that day arrives. But in the meantime, we get out of the boat and tell others the good news of Jesus and live in the good news that Jesus is truly the Son of God. We pray. Heavenly Father, thank you for your love. Thank you, Jesus, that you're the Son of God. May we, with the disciples, confess today, truly you are the Son of God. Thank you, Jesus. We worship you. We adore you. We love you. And we take this moment to pray, Lord, for Bob and his wife, Bev, that they would come back to the truth, to you, Jesus, as Savior, Redeemer, and Lord. Thank you that Stacy, and even though she's gone through two marriages, her mother and dad have passed away, that she still confesses you and says that you have been a blessing to her. Continue to be, and may she always remain faithful to you, always confessing you as the Son of God. And may each of us gathered here today, worshiping in this setting today, always truly worship you, that you are the Son of God. We confess that, O Lord, in Jesus' precious name. Amen.